CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. The Andersonville Chamber of Commerce hosts Andersonville at Home for the Holidays, a virtual variety show streaming online this Sunday, December 13th at 7 p.m. Tune in for the holiday tunes, warm feels, and shop, dine, celebrate, and self-care from the small business community that needs your support. The program premieres on both the Chamber's Facebook and YouTube with live commenting during the show. For more information, go to andersonville.org. Your Ben Jarofsky show for Wednesday, December 9th, is just moments away. But before we get into this, we need to thank the following companies for sponsoring this program like the chicago reader subscribe to the chicago reader chicagoreader.com for the latest in all that's going on in the city of chicago boy you really need to check out the chicago reader and today's ben Jarofsky show is brought to you by our good friends at the chicago federation of labor ben you do have a song of the day and it oh. is from the isley brothers shout out to Ooh. frank thank you for the request it is shout Makes me want to shout, and shout, and shout. Whoa, I saw the Isleys a couple summers ago. They sang this song. Come on, everybody together. D, get up, shout, and shout. Yeah, a little bit softer now, please, Ben. A little bit softer now. A little bit softer now. Well, look at young Dennis showing his knowledge of a little baby boomer music. Very impressive, young man. I met you Very singing. Impressive. I met you singing a little bit softer, please. Oh, Good Lord. That, there, that was a line in the song. Oh, oh well, okay, sorry. Okay, I was a little bit softer now. A little bit softer now. Whoa. And then the crowd goes, whoa. The Ben Jarofsky <laughs> Show starts now. It is Wednesday, December 9th, and live from my apartment in his attic, this is The Ben Jarofsky Show. Today on the program, legendary Chicago journalist, Monroe Anderson. And now your host, Chicago Reader columnist, Ben Jarofsky. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this the Queen's Scambit Wednesday. And here's why. Oh, brown line. (laughs) Right on time. There you go. Hey, Rom. How's it going, man? I want that transportation job. Anyway, another day, another Trump scam. Got to give Donnie credit, man. I mean, it's like Donald Trump wakes up thinking, hmm, I got 70 million suckers who worship the ground I walk on. How can I scam them out of their money today? All right, technically, President Donnie's not the guy who cooked up this scam that I'm going to be talking about. 
It's the unknown owner of President Donnie's childhood home in the New York City borough known as Queens. Hence the nickname, get ready for this, Dr. D, the Queens Scambit. Ah, was wondering where you were going with that one. All right. Scambit. Queens. Okay. That's good. Get it, guys. Yeah. Little pond playing words there. Huh? Yeah, I got a million of them. Anyway, let me break down this scam. Wait, hold on. You got it. We got an email. Oh, my God. Ben, you just got offered a job as a headline writer for the Chicago Sun-Times. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. You know the Sun-Times, man. We're going to miss you. those puns. Let me see what their headline is today. Hold on. Now they have. Now you're right. Oh, good. Here we go. It's about, oh, we'll be talking about shot or not. Coronavirus vaccines. That's the headline in the Sun. They love sk- little puns, don't they, D? Anyway, let's get back to the scam. All right, let me break it down for you. Young Donald spent the first four years of his life in a modest home built by his father, who's widely known as Daddy Donnie. Did you know that, D? Donald Trump's father's Daddy Donnie, yes. The home is now owned by an unknown woman from China who wants to get rid of it. The problem is she can't find a sucker dumb enough to meet her asking price of $3 million. That's right. This modest home in this modest Queens neighborhood is going for $3 million. Why, you ask? Is the owner asking Why? so much? Why? Good question. Thanks. That's because this owner was dumb enough to pay $2.14 million for it at an auction, which is double what comparable homes in the area go for. So, yeah, you might say it's overpriced. Sucker. Before she owned it, the current owner, it was run as an Airbnb for MAGA people. We'll get more on that later. Anyway, the owner wants to sell. So how to sell a home that nobody wants to buy at the price she's asking? All night she thinks about it. Hmm. Hmm, what should I do? I want to sell it for three million, but the market won't get me three million. Everybody's laughing at me because I'm so dumb that I spend so much money on this crummy home owned by this con man president. And that's when it clicks. Click con man. That's it. We'll con MAGA, who apparently love getting conned by Don. So, as the New York Times wrote it, and I owe this all to the New York Times because I read this article in the New York Times. Thanks, New York Times. Like, it was one of those things, D, where reading the story going, it was last night, honey, you can't believe this story. My poor wife puts up with me. The other day, remember the other day? Honey, Eric Zorn's getting rid of his landline. Anyway, this story is even more important than that one. So follow me, folks. This is, uh, this is from the New York Times. Quote, the unusual real estate maneuver seeks to capitalize on the devotion of some of Mr. Trump's supporters in the hopes that the same commitment that has driven them to attend his large rallies. <laughs> sorry, I don't mean to laugh. His large rallies in the middle of a pandemic will also induce them to open their wallets. The sellers hope donations might also be fueled by an impulse to mollify Mr. Trump with a personalized parting gift as his presidential term nears its end. End of quote. That's a funny New York Times (laughs) big word way of saying let's con MAGA. So they set up a GoFundMe account and it reads, quote, love Trump. Thank President Trump by contributing to his campaign to buy his childhood 
his childhood home in his honor. End of quote. Like I said, I don't know much about the owner except this little tidbit that the New York Times picked up. Quote, shortly after the 2017 sale, a person with knowledge of the deal, but who was not authorized to speak about its details, confirmed that the person who purchased the president's childhood home was a woman from China, but would not disclose her name. All right. So we know it's somebody from China who was dumb enough to pay all that money back in 2017. So the owner of the house isn't talking but the owner's real estate broker has a is a blabber mouth because he's trying to sell that house. Here's his pitch. Hey, everybody. <laughs> no, uh, <it's>, hey. <laughs> that was my imitation of a blabber mouth real estate agent. Hi, everybody. I'm a real estate agent. I got to sell this house. This is what the real estate agent said. Technically, Donald Trump couldn't accept the home and say, great. I just got another property to add to my empire. But he's not going to do that. I believe if the president were to accept the property, he would do something with it to honor his presidency. It's either that or donate it to some charity. End of quote. Man, come on, real estate guy. You know Donald Trump's not going to give anything to charity. He wants it all, all for himself. <laughs> Remember the last time Donald Trump had that charity? It was like a charity for uh, veterans. And he ended up like, scamming the veterans the state made him pay back the veterans remember that Donnie Trump's not in business to give money to charity real estate agent come on dude previously the home was owned by a company called Trump birth house quote from the New York Times it was offered as an $815 a night Airbnb rental a cardboard cutout of Mr. Trump greeted visitors and guests, and I'm not making this part up, ladies and gentlemen, guests could sleep in a bedroom with a plaque that noted it was where President Donald J. Trump was likely conceived, end of quote. Apparently, this is like Viagra for MAGA devotees who suffer from erectile dysfunction. Hey, honey, quick, hop into bed. Just looking at that bed where Donnie was conceived is firing up my pistons. He's like the new Elvis. <laughs> anyway, the article closes with a bit of a reality, noting how unpopular Trump is in New York, where 72% of the city voted for Biden. <laughs> and protests have been held outside of Trump Tower in Manhattan throughout his presidency. New problem, says the realtor, who's really trying to unload this property. Quote, there are plenty of people who love Donnie Trump, including 70 plus million who voted for him, end of quote. In other words, if you put 70 million people into a giant virtual room, at least one of them is going to be dumb enough to fall for this scam. After all, they were dumb enough to vote for Donnie in the first place. We got a great show today, everybody. Monroe Anderson will be here. Let me tell you something about Monroe Anderson. Well, he didn't fall for the Trump scam. Oh, no, no, no. But we'll see if Monroe's willing to kick in a little to the GoFundMe page so they can give this home, pay, raise $3 million to pay the owner of this home who overpaid for it in the first place, and then she will supposedly give it to Donnie as a present. He could do whatever he wants with it. He could. It's a modest home. It's a small home. Some have suggested it could be, you know, the presidential library he doesn't really read a lot of books, D. So, you know, you don't need a lot of room for books. We'll see if uh, Monroe Anderson wants to uh, kick in a little to this GoFundMe page. I doubt it, but we'll see. Anyway, 
plenty of political talk ahead. Before we do that, the young man from Alton, the man whose home in Alton is up for sale as Dr. D's Palace with the news. All lies. How's it going, everybody? <laughs> Hold on. I got to turn the heat off. It's hot in here. No one called. Yeah, yeah, heat. yeah. Hold on. I can kind of hear it. <laughs> We're doing a podcast, my man. Come on. Let's turn that heater off. Ah, there we go. Ooh, ah, it sounds as, wonderful. As the song says, the heat is on. Well, now it's <laughs> off. But how's it going? I'm Dennis. Let's find out what's happening in Chicago and or Illinois this week. We begin in Illinois, and we begin with the Illinois governor. Best concert? Yeah, it's Steve Miller Band and the Eagles. Loves those damn bands. <laughs> Today, Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker will be at the Thompson Center for his 2.30 p.m. COVID-19 press briefing. A quick update on Tuesday's press briefing. A vaccine is on the way. It's expected next week with more to come in the near future. Here's Dr. Azike of the Illinois Department of Public Health. It will take months to roll out the vaccine to the priority groups and even longer for it to be given to the general public. I ask that people be patient. But what do you want people to understand? I hope people will understand (laughs) that, yes, there will be people that will get the vaccine Mm. before you. But we are hoping for everyone to get this vaccine in the coming year. Interesting. Very interesting. Ben Jarofsky, your thoughts. Well, I got conflicting thoughts here, D. And um, so last night when I was reading uh, the New York Times, I think it was the New York Times, or may have been the Tribune, I can't remember. And they were talking about how uh, the vaccines, people in England were getting vaccinated. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is great, man. This is the beginning of the end. And pretty soon I'll be able to go to visit my uh, daughter for Thanksgiving. Uh, and uh, California, and I'll be able to go to my beloved movie theaters and see my bulls, my beloved bulls. They look actually like they may be good this year. Kobe White, ladies and gentlemen, for three. Sorry. I mean, uh, to be fair, you do say that every year, right before the season. But, you know. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm such a sucker. Maybe. And White Sox. Oh, my God. This was the summer that El Dragon and I were going to go to a bunch of White Sox games. Remember El Dragon? We were going to go to all those White Sox games. And oh. my buddy's Norm. Oh, yeah. Cap. The foul mouth guy that comes on our show. Yeah. We were, we were going to get, like, the season ticket plan, and it was our big plan. We were all into the Sox, man. This is the year. Then the pandemic comes. I can't go to White Sox games. I can't go to see my beloved Bulls. I can't go to movies. Can't visit my daughters. I'm stuck in the attic. I'm looking at the porta potty So, yeah, I saw that article. I think it was in the trip. I can't remember where it's It doesn't matter. And I go, Yes. It's the beginning of the end. And then I get my beloved bright one, home delivered as always. Oh, this bright one has a way of raining on my parade, D. I hadn't thought of this. Front page headline, shot or not. And it's a picture of a nurse uh, who works at Stroger Hospital. And uh, coronavirus vaccines will be offered first to healthcare workers this is the subhead, but some are hesitant to be inoculated because of hastened development. And I'm like, you know, I hadn't thought of that. 
I mean, what the hell are they putting on our arms? What are they putting in our bodies? I'm reading this article, and this nurse who's a pretty, you know, she's pretty smart. And she's saying it to the Sun-Times, it's like, you know, she's pointing out that usually with vaccines, they take years and years of study and research for the consequences, you know. In this case, it's months and months. I'm like, is this thing safe? I, I mean, I know Donnie Trump is telling us it's safe. He had a press conference yesterday. He said, hallelujah, we got this new vaccine. It's a miracle. I'm like, why would I believe something that Donald Trump says? Now, I know you're saying, Ben, um, Donald Trump's about ready to leave office and Joe Biden's coming in and Joe Biden will say it's safe. And Obama, uh, Barack Obama uh, and, Bill, and Bill Clinton, well, little Dr. D, have both said that they intend to take the vaccine as soon as they can to prove to the public how safe it is. But I'm still a little nervous, D. You know, just like this nurse raises some good points. And uh, I don't know, something cynical in me is like, yeah, let's see, you know, like how the first five or 10 million people do with this thing. Or I'll be just watch. I'll be hanging out in my attic and watch. Yeah, well, it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like when the PlayStation or the Xbox drops. You know what I mean? You don't want that first batch of them. You know what I mean? They want to work the bugs out, you know, and then you get it a few months later. You know what I mean? I guess I understand the analogy, but I have a confession to make. I'm, I don't even know what PlayStation is. I get a, I'm embarrassed. You know, when I talk to millennials, they know. I'm like, I know PlayStation. Is that the one with, like, it's a baseball game or a basketball game? And, uh, Tons of games. Tons of games. Anyway, but your point's well taken. You know, the first thing that comes off the assembly line, a little nervous about. So I don't know, D. I was so excited that this was the beginning of the end, and now I'm like, will this thing ever end? Not quite sure. That Sun-Times headline sobered me up a little bit. And the nurse at Stroger Hospital got me thinking, that's kind of Russian things. I don't know. Are you nervous about it, D? Or are you cool, calm, and collected? Cool, calm, and collected, baby. Cool as a cucumber, you know? All right. All right. Well, you you take it before me, and I'll... I'll observe you for a while. All right, I tell you what. You know what? You take it before me, and then I'll, <laughs> we'll talk about it then. How about that, huh? No, no, no. We'll do it the other way. Uh, you take it. I'll look at you on this little screen I have, and if you suddenly start growing a third ear, I'll be like, mm-hmm. All right, I'm calling for a post-show meeting. <laughs> we have to talk about this. Uh, right. Shout out to Jay Marie on the live stream chat. She brings up a very, very good point. One that I haven't even thought of. Uh, we've been doing this show in your attic. Uh, now we're in my apartment. You're still in your attic. Uh, Jay Marie, and the whole time, by the way, a porta potty's been there. Uh, Jay Marie says, "Boy, Ben should really call his alderman if that porta potty is still there." Well, it's a great point. It is still there, and uh, I just looked at it to make sure it hadn't been taken. Um. Jay Marie, there's a construction zone right near where I live, and that's what the porta potty's for. And the construction pretty much shut down because of the pandemic. Bad timing, you might say. But for reasons I'll never know, they left the porta potty there. <laughs> you know, my alderman's got enough on his problems. I mean, enough problems he's got to deal with. But uh, could you just, oh my, I'll, I'll bet you anything, Jay Marie, there's somebody on the block who's already called the alderman. Um, Alderman, the porta potty. I told you, it is really disturbing me. What a good neighbor! (laughs) Going on a podcast, doing impressions of your neighbor. Oh boy, 
um, I've called multiple times about the porta potty, and oh. it is still there. Kendra at the next neighborhood potluck. Ben Jarofsky. <laughs> Uh, also, shout out to Jay Marie. She weighed in on the vaccine. She said, but, you know, coronavirus isn't new. They probably have been working on this for a while. Not that I still trust it. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you, Jay Marie. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know. Like I said, we, uh, we're we going to have a, a, a post-show production meeting, and we'll determine uh, which you know, employee of the Ben Jarofsky show will take the vaccine first. What's uh, the lady in graphics? I forgot her name. <laughs> Viv? Is that her name? Vilma. Vilma. Oh, Vilma. Well, maybe make Vilma take it first. She quit. She quit. She's gone. Uh, Vilma's gone? Yeah, she's out of here. Oh, my God. Who's doing all the great, you know, sound effects? <laughs> who's doing them? WBEZ, if you're listening, that was a joke. <laughs> it's been me the entire time. By the way, can I? My resume's in that pile somewhere. What? Can I let a WBEZ cat out of a WBEZ bag? If you do the impression of cat out of the bag. (laughs) Just cut a deal with young Danny Miolopoulos. He's coming on next week, and we're going to do a mad dog deep dive. Oh, yeah. Nothing but Madigan talk for an hour. 45 minutes. Two geeks geeking out of Madigan. Well, it's always a good time, though, uh, with Danny. Uh, long overdue. We haven't had him on in a while, so I'm glad we're doing that. Yeah, um, no, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, expect at the drop in the near future, the Chicago Reader website, and wherever else you download your favorite mm. podcast. All right. Uh, so let's go uber local now. News about the Secretary of State. Ooh, yeah. Boy, we're getting into it today. Uh, at the moment, our Secretary of State here in Illinois is... Jesse White. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you're somewhat familiar with him, listeners. You get mail from him quite a bit, I bet. And he's the guy in all of those pictures at the DMV. But cool. sadly, all of those pictures will be coming down soon. Last year, Jesse White announced that he will not be seeking a seventh term. And so the race for Secretary of State begins. Now, Ben, before we talk about our 2022 SOS hopefuls, and uh, honestly, I can't remember if I've asked you this before, but uh, you're pretty old. <laughs> any memories, yes, any memories or stories of Secretary of State Jesse White? Oh, man, I got so many memories and so many stories of Jesse White. Uh, we don't have enough time to even begin to accommodate them. But I am old uh, and I'm so old that I remember when Jesse White was a gym teacher. Uh, at Jenner School in the north side of Chicago, Jenner School, uh, just off of Division, uh, in a, what used to be called the Cabrini Green neighborhood. Uh, millennials forget it. There was a, they, you know what? I'm not even going to tell millennials what Cabrini Green was. Uh, but uh, so yeah, I watched Jesse White rise through the ranks. Uh, he uh, got to start. The, in politics with George Dunn, who was the old Democratic committeeman from the 42nd Ward. This is in the days when the 42nd Ward uh, was largely concentrated on the near north side. The, it included the Gold Coast and Cabrini Green, so it included neighborhoods filled with rich white people and neighborhoods filled with uh, poor black people. So just think about the juggling act there. And Jesse White got his start. He was the precinct captain uh, in the Cabrini Green area where the poor black people lived. And he became a state rep, I want to say. Uh, and then he became, I think he was the uh, county clerk for a while or the clerk of the circuit court. And then he became secretary of state and he had his Jesse White tumblers. So I, I watched him rise uh, through the ranks and he's just so incredibly popular. Jesse White is. 
the I mean, I, I, I like take deep dives into voting patterns and in, in downstate in Illinois, MAGA country, where they have Pritzker suck signs uh, and they voted heavily against the fair tax. And they like Jesse White down there. Hey, I like something about Jesse White. Everybody likes Jesse White. Maybe it's because he's never had to do anything remotely controversial in his entire political career. That helps. Maybe they like the Jesse White tumblers. You know, he had the group of tumblers from oh, yeah. Cabrini Green all the time. He's so, got a future White, in uh, liquor sales, uh, if you think about it. Jesse White tumblers, like a thing to make a little mixed drink. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Jesse White tumblers. Uh, That's good. It's Zanies next week. Actually, hey, Sun Times headline writers, Dr. D's your guy. No, the email's anyway. for you. Uh, it's a really hard act to follow, Jesse White, because he's just so widely popular. And again, it's largely because he's never had to take a tough stand, you know, in his life. He's never had, like, he's never, like, an alderman who's had to make a tough vote on a property tax hike, a vote that would irritate either property taxpayers or the Fraternal Order of Police or the Chicago Teachers Union. You know, you, you never, never had to upset anybody. So let me explain why he's so popular. That and the tumblers. And the tumblers are not something you mix a drink in. But it can but, uh, be in your next future endeavor. Because <laughs> uh, I know there's some millennials out there going, oh, they call them the tumblers because he was a bartender. I did not know that. No, no, that was just a joke. Millennials. That was just Dennis making Yeah, a, a bunch joke. of gymnasts are just offended right now. All right, um, we got here, too. Uh, just ask the question. Dude's 86 years old, so there's no chance he runs for, decides to run again, right? I don't know. These days, I mean, think about it this way. Biden's 78. He's the president-elect. If he runs for re-election, he'll be 86 when he leaves office. You know what I'm saying? So it's like 86 is now the new 66. So I don't know. I mean, I doubt he's going to run for anything, but Donnie Trump, what is Donnie? 74, right? Mm -hmm. Donnie's 74. And he's already making it clear that he wants to run in 2024, anything to stay out of prison. So if young Donald be 78 when he gets elected, if he were to defeat Joey Biden. So, you know what I'm saying, D? Anything is possible in this day and age, but my guess is Jesse White's had enough, and he is going to retire. So now let's get to our potential Secretary of State candidate. There's the brown line. Hey, Ron. How you doing? Yep. Still not been named uh, Transportation Secretary, huh? Don't hold your breath, big guy. Sorry, dude. Our potential Secretary of State candidates... Who's been dreaming about their DMV poster photo shoot? Well, we have three names so far. First up, he expressed his interest a couple of weeks back. And honestly, I have been avoiding the story because his last name looks really hard to pronounce. But Ben helped me out before today's show, and I think I got it now. He's former Illinois State Treasurer Alexi G. Anulis. Is that right, Ben? Very well. Excellent, man. Give yourself a raise and take it out of petty cash. Thank you. Giannoulis was treasurer from 2007 to 2011. And uh, if you couldn't tell, I'm unfamiliar with this guy. You know what I mean? But I did find some Alexi audio. And I have learned one thing. This dude's Barack Obama imitation is incredible. In many respects, uh, a lot of people in this country uh, fear change. I think a lot of people aren't ready for uh, something different. Was that Barack Obama? No. Oh, my God. 
It was Alexi Giannoulis. Where'd you get that? Do you uh, got it on YouTube. How old is it? Do you know? Uh, 10 years ago. <laughs> 10 years ago. Hold on. Dan, Dan Biss moment. I'm doing the math. Oh, 2010. He was probably saying that in his. Yes. Obama was the rage in 2010. <laughs> was the rage. When listening to that, that was so Obama, the pauses uh, and then the, ah, uh, you know, there's a pause. Like you're, like you're really thinking hard. So I went, I'll do it. So Dr. D uh, comes from Alton, uh, good town. There are still uh, folks Dave. who think that women should Miles make Davis as much money as men for the exact same job. <laughs> and uh, Dr. D's from Alton. Yeah, you're, people say your Bill Clinton's a lot better. Your Bill Clinton is just top notch. I got no, say. that's my Alex Giannoulis imitating Obama. It's not my Obama. Oh, okay. I see what you're doing. That's Eddie. So listen, that's Eddie. Yeah, li- yeah. So listening to Giannoulis reminds me. Follow me on this day. Okay, follow me on this. Reminds me of the first time I started. I heard Kobe Bryant talk. The late great Kobe Bryant. Um, who had studied Michael Jeffrey Jordan. Oh, my God. Hold on. Let me just say this. Uh, political nerds. These are basketball players I'm talking about. Okay. Uh, so he had studied. He's clearly studied Michael Jordan. Had, like, watched f- interviews of Jordan. Jordan playing. So he, he started talking like Jordan. You get what I'm saying? So you could tell Giannoulis was, like, really studying Obama the way Kobe Bryant studied Jordan. I'm not going to do my Kobe Bryant imitating Michael Jordan imitation D, but that's oh, Gene. Do it. Let's get real deep. Let's do some layered imitations. It's like when uh, you watch uh, Looney Tunes and you see Bugs Bunny <laughs> do Daffy Duck, but in a Bugs Bunny voice. You know what I mean? Let's get deep. Uh, so as I say, uh, Dr. D from Alden, Miles Davis, Alden. Uh, no, that, now I'm moving into Jesse Jackson. That's how Jesse he would go. Then Jesse Jackson would go, uh, Dr. D, Alton, Miles Davis, Alton. <laughs> it's just like a refrain. Now suddenly Alton's a refrain. Love, love the young Jesse Jackson when he goes on a roll. And so there are those who say, Alton, Dr. D, Alton. Anyway, no one imitates Jesse Jackson anymore, you know? He was the rage too back in the day, B. <laughs> the rage back in the eighties. I like okay. how I like how uh, talking like Barack Obama was like uh, bell bottoms or something. It's the rage. Everybody's doing it. In many it. respects, uh, a lot of people in this country uh, fear change. <laughs> I think uh, a lot of people aren't ready for uh, something different. Again, uh, you know, you had folks. Uh, uh, can I just say something about fearing change? Twenty ten. Let me just say this. Uh, the, the president you're imitating uh, was fearing change because if you recall, Barack Obama, when he was a state senator from High Park, was for gay marriage. Then when he was running for senator for the whole state of Illinois, he realized, uh-oh, could cause me trouble downstate. And suddenly he was against gay marriage. And then he ran for president really against gay marriage. And then suddenly when he was successfully reelected and could not be defeated again, all of a sudden he's for gay marriage. So Brandon, it's called the flip flop. It's when you go back and forth on a, uh, you know, <laughs> like flagging the no, way it's a flip flop. At least when I do it, a flip flop, I call it a flip flop. Barack Obama called it an evolution. Oh, my views on gay marriage have evolved. So aside from his blatantly obvious uh, imitation of Barack Obama, what do we know about this Alexi feller? All right. How much time do I got between 
Jesse White and D, I know too much. That's my problem. <laughs> I've been following politics for too long. My dear friend, Mick Dumkey, wrote an, uh, a lengthy article about Alexi Julian. Uh, uh, I can't, suddenly can't pronounce his name, uh, Giannoulis. Back uh, for the reader in 2010, so I urge everybody to check it out. But I, I, I did not vote for him. I have, must make a confession. He ran. All right. Giannoulis was the treasurer and um, comes from Chicago. I believe he went to Latin high school, D. How about that, huh? And, uh, and so, you know, he comes from money. His family owned a bank. And so follow me on this. He was running to fill out Obama's senatorial vacancy after Obama was elected to be the president of the United States. There still was, I think, two more years. Yes. Uh, is that right? Uh, two more years. No, no. It was, I, I've lost track of how many years were in the vacancy. doesn't matter. The point is he was running for Obama's seat. And um, this was in the middle of a crisis in the banking industry. And banks were uh, going bankrupt and needing bailouts. And so I was like, why would Illinois... Why would the Democrats nominate as their candidate a guy whose family bank was in trouble, was receiving federal assistance? You know what I mean? It's sort of like, why would you do that? Like, I I don't get it. I know he's tall. I know he's friends with Barack Obama. I know they played basketball together. I know he was charming and good looking and he had that Obama thing, but why? We know why he stood you? outside his window and listened to him and recorded his voice and tried imitating it in the mirror for about four months, you know. Uh, Dennis, uh, great guy. Uh, did you see Obama when he was on The Breakfast Club last week? No. He kept calling Char- uh Good question, Charlemagne. Uh, <laughs> Charlemagne was grilling him. Oh, my God. Anyway, uh, so yeah, Giannoulis, he lost for 10 trivia points. D, who did Giannoulis lose to? Mark Kirk. <laughs> How did you know that? I, you know, it's got a, a knack <laughs> for knowledge. Got a knack wow. for knowledge. I, in a million years, never thought... I, you must have looked it up. That is really good. Mark no, uh, actually, uh, shout out to Frank. He was talking about it in the live stream. <laughs> oh, Frank, I give you some love. Yes, Mark Kirk mopped the floor with Giannoulis. Heck of a job, Dems. You put up a failed banker in the middle of a banking crisis. You couldn't even win Obama's seat. Don't get me started, my Democrats. Anyway, um, Tammy Duckworth mopped the floor with Mark Kirk, and that ends the Mark Kirk experiment in the state of Illinois. Thank you very much, voters of Illinois. So, yeah, I, so Gene Lewis is trying to make a comeback. He was the state treasurer, so now he wants to be secretary of state. And he's got to start like, mm, Barack Obama. And no, no, we, have, we are going to see a new interview with him, and he's going to be like, listen, everybody, you take 10% of the state, <laughs> and I'll be secretary of that state, okay? No, he's not a Bernie type. He is a <laughs> dem through and through, okay? That'd be hilarious. He is not a Bernie type. <laughs> I'm my beloved Bernie Sanders. No. He is definitely, oh my God, he is definitely of the Joe Biden uh, variety of dem. And hey, my good friend Pete Cunningham may go work for him. I don't know. You know, he's kind of a PC type of candidate. And uh, so, uh, yeah, no, uh, Alexi is not a Bernie. He won't be speaking like Bernie. 
he may be uh, Alexi. Your hair, your hair is disheveled. What is going on? I, I think that we should not be the Secretary of State. <laughs> Well, you've changed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, nah, don't see that change coming. More like, what about, J- he'll become like a J.B. Pritzker type. He'll love the Eagles oh, yeah. <laughs> and puppies. Uh, you know, ah. I think uh, we're going to, you know, I'm going to be Secretary of State. I'm going to do that. <laughs> yeah, baby, that's what it'll feel like. So, yeah, I, uh, I'm not rushing out for, uh, talk to Mick Dumkey. Guy spent hours with the dude, man. Wrote a long article about Alexi and the reader. You can find it in the reader. <laughs> All right. On to our next person considering a secretary of state race run. And I don't know who she has impersonations of. All right. She's Cook County Clerk Karen Yarborough. Back in December, Karen Yarborough said that she's giving a run for Illinois secretary of state. Quote, great consideration. She said, I haven't made a decision yet. But I'm thinking about it. I've been thinking about it for a long time. She also stated that she definitely wouldn't run should Secretary of State Jesse White decide to seek re-election. Ben, Karen Yarbrough, what do you think? Well, Karen Yarbrough's former state rep. She just got elected cl- a clerk. So I don't know, man. It's like, it's, <laughs> even for Illinois, that's kind of fast. You know, you, were, you just got elected to the one position. Now you're going to run for the other position. Now, traditionally... The way things have gone traditionally, you know, they're always the Democrats try to have a racially balanced ticket. And so you figure, well, it's Jesse White, uh, a black man. So it should be either a black man or a black woman who gets the nominee nomination to succeed him. That's traditionally. Now, I don't know if we're going to break for tradition. Kwame Raul is the attorney general. So maybe there's not a feeling that you have to balance a ticket that way. Uh, but I, I just, I don't know. Is it just me? But does it, it kind of fast, you know, you were, you just got elected to this one office. Well, you know, now I think about Barack Obama was elected a senator in 2004. Help me uh, with the math here, D. And um, I don't know. Let's ask Barack Obama. Folks who uh, didn't want uh, there to be interracial. Oh, wait, that was Alexi Gian- <laughs> Giannoulis. Uh, and uh, so he was already running for president in 2007. I just realized something. Alexei was not running to f- uh, fill out the term. He was running for a full term himself. I sit corrected, D. Um, well, that's it never was, happened before. I forgot, how, can I, how can I forget Roland Burris, <laughs> named by uh, Governor Blagojevich to fill out the term? How could I forget that? I was always a fan of Roland Burris. Oh, confession time. I always liked Roland Burris. I, always, I thought he got a really um, bum rap uh, after uh, Blago named him to fill a vacancy. Suddenly everybody was like high and mighty about Roland Burris, you know, because Blago. And it's just, and by the way, Republicans ripping Roland Burris. Oh, same Republicans who love Blago these days? Huh? That's your guy, Republicans? Huh? That's my Bill Burr imitation. That's your guy? Huh? Not so, bad. Yeah. Not bad. Yeah. That's your guy, huh? That's your guy that you love? Rob Blagojevich, huh? I'm Republicans. I love Rob Blagojevich, ladies and gentlemen, the Republicans these days. I'm a Trump. Oh, yeah, but back in 2009, Triple Crat. Back in 2009, they ripped Roland Burris. How unfair of them. I thought Roland Burris was a good guy. Anyway. Uh, so, yeah, I, I apologize to my listeners 
for confusing you by saying it was running to fill out the term. In fact, he was running for a full term. Alexi G. Uh, new less. So, yeah, I don't think uh, I think it's too soon for Karen Yarbrough, even if Barack Obama was immediately running for president after getting elected senator. All right. We got one more. Our third and final secretary of state hopeful. She just recently expressed her interest. The following comes from the Chicago Sun-Times and Fran the Woman Spielman, arguing that it's time for a, quote, new generation of leaders. City clerk Anna Valencia said Tuesday she's forming an exploratory committee to run to succeed retiring Illinois Secretary of State Jesse White. Valencia is an originally a downstater from my home area of the 618, Madison County, also known as Region 4 in Governor Pritzker's five-phase mitigation strategy to safely reopen Illinois. Granite City, Illinois, home of the Granite City Speedway, and yes, the famous but now closed Taco Lay Wednesday Chicken Wing Buffet. <laughs> Damn, I missed that place. Anna Can Blint's, we take a field trip as soon as the pandemic's over? It's closed. But they, aren't they going to reopen it? No, it's it, been, been it gone for years. The pandemic? It's been gone for years. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Oh, sorry. Damn, it was good. Anna Valencia <laughs> will turn 36 next month. Uh, here's the quote from Valencia. Quote, what I bring to the table is energy and excitement. People are ready for a new candidate who shares their lived experiences like women and young people, working class families such as the one that I grew up in. That will excite people and give some momentum. We're going to have our very first female vice president. Voters are looking for that. Some fresh faces in the Democratic Party. I can bring that to the ticket along with my downstate roots, being the first Latina to run for secretary of state and the first woman that could possibly sit there. Well, I like the downstate roots. You know, I am a big believer in trying to diversify things with the Democratic Party and not just be a party of Chicago and Cook County. You know, guys, you might want to think about the rest of the state a little bit. But I have a confession to make, Dean. I'm a little embarrassed to make this confession. Um, And this is this. And I don't know. This is not fair. I admit this is not fair as I say my confession. But Anna Valencia was appointed to her position by one Rahm Emanuel, Mayor Rahm, who just drove by on the brown line. You know, anything to show Joe Biden that he deserves to be transportation secretary. And I just got a bias against people who work for Rahm. Now you're going to go, Ben, that's so unfair of you. They're good people. I know that's what you're thinking, D. I know you. I've been around you a long time. You go, I'm really disturbed by this confession of yours. You know me. You know me. (laughs) You're right, D. What can I say? It's just like there was so much like malignancy in the Rahm Emanuel administration. Just so much like deceit with the way that man ran. Chicago. Take a chill pill, man. I know, Rom. I should take a chill pill and and just wake up in the morning and love you. But it's hard. I just wrote about this in the reader. But I was reminiscing about how you close those 50 schools. Just thought about that. How you close those mental health clinics. How you raised our taxes to give money for all these TIF deals that nobody wanted or needed. How when you left office, one parting gift, kick in the face. Lincoln... Yards. Uh Uh-oh. 
Here comes. Let's see if Rom's on this brown line. Yeah, dude. I'm curious. I am curious. Yeah, he's. Well, there he is. Where his little railroad engineer cap. Hey, Rom. He really wants that transportation job. Dude. He's just like every brown line that comes by. He's driving. Uh, Joe Biden. I can drive a train. I know a lot about transportation. <laughs> So I, I, just the way he ran government, and then I'm not even getting into Laquan McDonald, you know, concealing evidence of a murder. I still don't know how he's gotten away with that. So it's just, I have this natural bias. That's probably not fair. For all I know, Anna Valencia is a wonderful person. I never met her. And a quality administrator. I don't know anything about her, D, other than... Rama pointed her. And I know what you're thinking. You're going, Ben, that is so unfair of you. I can see it. I can see that in your brain right now. That's what you're thinking. No, I'm thinking, like, I may have seen her at Taco Lay at that Wednesday uh, <laughs> chicken wing buffet. She's like the same age as me. No, I know where you saw her. I, I remember. I'll tell you the moment where you saw her. It was uh, Alder Woman Sue Sadlowski Garza's Labor Day Parade. Oh, yeah. Back in 2018. And uh, your dear friend, uh, candidate Lori Lightfoot, was circulating uh, petitions to get on the ballot, and you posed for a photo with her. Oh, yeah. Let's, uh, let's remind and, everyone of that. Yeah, I got that, folks. I can put that on uh, anytime I want on the old Facebook page. Uh, and Anna Valencia was in the parade to circulating petitions. I remember that. So um, I think that's the only time I've ever seen her. Anyway, you know, more the merrier, D. But I, how about a real downstater? There's a, well, you know, how about a real, how about Bob Diver? You know what I'm saying? Someone from who like lives downstate right now. Don't tease me, for, Ben. Don't tease me. My goodness. My heart's a flutter thinking about that. Just like a real Democrat from downstate with democratic values, new deal values, you know, who could promote the notion of government as like a beneficial tool for all of us. How about that? Wouldn't that be radical? Oh, round line. Hey, Ron. Huh? Oh, right. He just said, go easy on Valencia. Okay. All right, Rob. Wait. Oh, my God. He does have a cinnamon roll in his hand. <laughs> get to the, we'll get to you, old Tommy Tunney, in a little bit. So, I don't know. That's just my general thoughts. And I humbly apologize to all my listeners for having to make that confession of a bias uh, for anybody who worked for Rahm Emanuel, against anybody who worked for Rahm Emanuel. Just I come out with that, D. Sorry about that. Well, that's all right. I'm glad you got it off your chest, you know? That's good. That's good. Mm. So there you are. An update pretty early as hell on the 2022 Illinois Secretary of State race. And once again, boy, that guy really sounds like Barack Obama. Uh, you had folks who didn't want uh, people of uh, a different... <laughs> race or color uh, to be able to sit in the same restaurant there uh, uh, see, he, if he goes too far in that he'll go into router country you know what i'm saying he, oh god uh, <laughs> he doesn't start doing those us alexi i'm just saying you gotta watch it because it's a thin line between barack <laughs> And router. Yes, there's a thin line between <laughs> and uh, uh. <laughs> Wait, one more time. 
<laughs> All right, here we go. We'll, we'll do this. Are you ready? Uh, so I'm going to throw out names, and you do their little. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, what is this? A jukebox? Okay. No. Go ahead. Number go. one, Robert. Number two, Barack. Um, uh... Number three, JB. <laughs> and number four, Lori Lightfoot. <laughs> not, not doing that, dude. Okay, just sorry. I'd like us to keep having a show. Man. I do that for us. I do that for us. You know what I mean? Maybe we should have an auction. Like listeners have to auction for the right. Oh, I got this idea from that, <laughs> that brilliant property owner in New York. You know, with the GoFundMe page. Hey, let's give a gift to Donald Trump. Let's raise money right now. Give your money right now to me, and then I'll give this house that I can't get any other person to buy to Donald Trump, who doesn't even want it. <laughs> well, God, what, the, what a genius move. And MAGA people everywhere. Ugh, where do I kick in? Oh, God. Here, John Cass is a tribute. Oh, sounds good to me. I'll kick in. Oh, big boy, Darren Bailey's like writing a check right now. Hmm. <laughs> Queen's home. Darren D.B. Bailey and every other Republican candidate say, well, D.B. kicked in. So, you know, now Bill Brady's writing a check. I got to show how much my I'm loyal to MAGA. Anyway, that's what we should do, Dean. We should have an auction. And the winner of the auction <laughs> pays the most money to us, gets to hear your imitation of Lori. Oh, what, a, <laughs> what a prize. Good Lord. Yeah. That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> DB. Better write that check, DB. Hurry up now. Get that money in and over to that. The childhood home of Donald Trump. By the way, okay. the, the Darren Bailey noise is, hey, I answer that one is. Hi. What are we doing today? Okay. Um, so with the time we have left here, uh, ben, ben and I had a pre-show meeting. Uh, that's something new. Uh, and he discussed something with me that he just can't. He just... He can't get it off. He can't get it off his mind. And he wants to talk about it here on the program. And uh, that is... You have to be a good neighbor. You have to be a good neighbor. Otherwise, uh, I'm going to be up your butt every day. Oh, what a weird statement. But it is Alderman Tom Tunney. And uh, I guess what we're now calling the cinnamon roll speakeasy. Yes. Go yes. ahead. Yes, Tom Tunney. You didn't think I was going to let you off the hook so easy, did I? Did you? Huh? Tommy Tunney, huh? Every other uh, every other restaurant owner in the city of Chicago shut down following the orders of uh, J.B. Pritzker. You, an alderman, chairman of the zoning committee, one of the most powerful aldermen in the city of Chicago, one of the most influential people in the city of Chicago, routinely elected by the voters of the 44th Ward who are about as bright as MAGA supporters in Michigan, just saying. Yeah, you, Tom Tunney. You're the guy. You called it a mistake because you opened up your restaurant in defiance of J.B. Pritzker's order. D, I got to give shout out to the, a place I've never given a shout out to before. You ready for this? I'm going to give a shout out to the Chicago Tribune editorial board. Yes. Michael Girardi, get ready to write a new song. A shout out to the Tribune editorial board. Hold on. Let me get the Tribune out. Please get it out. Get you know, it out. Uh, generally, the Tribune editorial board is a pretty worthless outfit. 
All right. Well, <laughs> wait. So for the shout out, yeah, you know, that's not a nice thing to say after a shout out. But go ahead. Uh, union busting bunch that love Bruce Rotter uh, just a little too much. Oh, wait, we're canceling that shout out out. Uh, wait, but anyway, it was from the Chicago Tribune editorial that I learned that there was a code you had to use to get into the speakeasy. Now, let me just back up in case anybody missed this story. Hold on. That's me backing up or missed yesterday's show. Tom Tunney, Alderman of the 44th Ward. Tom Tunney, uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot's hand-picked chairman of the zoning committee, one of the most powerful men in the Chicago City Council, also owns a restaurant called Ann Sather's. And Ann Sather's is located on Belmont in Lakeview in the middle of the 44th Ward. And Tom Tunney and his restaurant are known, and let's give him credit, D, for delicious cinnamon rolls. And he makes those cinnamon rolls, and people in the 44th Ward have been buying those cinnamon rolls. They love those cinnamon rolls so much, they will vote for Tom Tunney no matter what he does. So anyway, it turns out that Tom Tunney was running his restaurant uh, illegally in the face of a declaration by J.B. Pritzker that all restaurants stop indoor dining. He was running it even though he knew better, even though he's an alderman, even though he knows the law, even though he knows all of his other restaurants in and around Lakeview are shut, that they're struggling. Oh, he thinks he's above the law. He, like... Thanks, Tom Tunney, for really making Democrats everywhere look bad. And the Tribune, you know, they hate Democrats. So they're like, yeah, they're jumping all over it. I don't blame them. I don't blame them. Tom Tunney deserves it. So anyway, they got their information from Second City Cop, which is a blog uh, that Dennis runs. We just revealed that yesterday. (laughs) Yep. It's all me, guys. It was me all along. (laughs) Uh, anyway, I didn't know this. See, I, I did this whole riff yesterday. I was like, it was a cinnamon roll speakeasy. You went in there and you gave the magic word. And they let you in the back like speakeasies in the old days. You know, I did this whole riff and I didn't know it literally was like that, D. Here, quoting from the Chicago Tribune editorial, something that has never been done in the Ben Jarofsky show. Here's the <laughs> Tribune editorial. The Chicago blog Second City Cop outed Tony in a post that detailed the alleged scam in detail. Quote, you enter the restaurant and ask the staff on the sly, can we dine in? <laughs> I can't believe this. Then they'll look around and whisper yes and take you to the VIP room. <laughs> there was ac- it was actually a speakeasy. I was joking. I'm like, oh, my God, it was. Remember, I had the knock. That was my, I was joking. It turns out he was doing that. Hold on, train going by. Oh my God, you're not kidding. Rom's eating the cinnamon roll. Hey, put that cinnamon roll down. You're getting the wheel sticky. (laughs) The wheel, yes. (laughs) You know, it's like a wheel that you turn. (laughs) The wheels on the bus go around. So Tom Tunney, had a, a secret code. I thought it was a joke. It's like a riff. Turns out it's real. I don't know. And and there's like, there's got to be a better punishment for him. I think he should lose his zoning chair. I really do. Mayor Lori Lightfoot, I know you're listening to the show. You're, you listen to the show all the time. You really love Dennis's imitations of uh, J.B. Pritzker. But I really think there should be some consequences. I'm sorry. This is such an egregious violation of absolutely everything. 
There should be some consequences. But, D, I got a feeling there'll be no consequences. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. oh, oh, let this one pass. Okay, we're all... How about we talk about it for the next six months, D? Every day we talk about Cinnamon Roll Gate. <laughs> anyway, so I want to give a shout out to the the Tribune editorial. Okay. Uh, they, um, you know, they had the inside dope. Actually, I should give a shout out, shout out to Second City Cop. They're the ones who really had the inside dope. So shout out to Second City Cop. Oh, I never thought Uh-oh. that would happen either. <laughs> Yeah, well, I gave him a shout-out yesterday as well. Hey, man, come on. They had the scoop. You got to show him some love, right, D? Yeah. Anyway, Tom, Tony, what a disgrace. What a disgrace. Now, did it say what the uh, passcode was? Yeah, the passcode was, I'm telling you, uh, the passcode was, <clears throat> can we dine in? What a terrible passcode. Oh, that was it? You, I thought it would be like, yeah, yeah, that's the passcode. Yummy in my tummy. Oh, okay, come on in here. <laughs> No. Uh oh, here it goes again. Alright. Oh my god, he's eating a pancake. No, he <laughs> Rob's eating a pancake. Uh no, you know, like usually the passcodes, like I've read a lot of spy novels and seen a lot of spy movies. This passcodes like like passwords are like a little more complicated. Does the eagle fly? <laughs> yes. The eagle flies on Sunday, but this day it will be walking. Oh, come on in then. You know what I mean? Something like complicated that you got to remember. But this one is, you know, can we dine in? You know what? Knowing me, I would blow it. I would like somehow or other screw the password up. Can we eat in? I'm sorry. Uh, No. (laughs) I'm hungry. Okay. Get lost. Anyway, yesterday, uh, Tony was like, I did this for my patrons who really needed those cinnamon rolls. And they were wearing masks. Like, how could you wear a mask and eat the cinnamon roll? Hello. And let's be honest, who needs a cinnamon roll? And now his new thing. Yeah, right. Who needs a cinnamon roll? Now his whole new thing is, uh, well, since the city's investigating, I can't comment anymore. Oh, God. He probably hired some PR guy who said, all right, here's what you're going to do. Just tell him, with, uh, well, now the case is under investigation, you can't comment on it anymore. Yeah, okay. And when the case is over, what's your comment going to be? I made a mistake. Oh. More like a giant middle finger to everybody else who's shut down right now. Anyway, D, I want to thank uh, Chicago Tribune Editorial Board. Good job, guys. Now I know what the password was. There you go. To get into Ansathers. Next time, use that password and bring me some cinnamon rolls. All right, that's our local news, everybody. Uh, coming up, we're going to be talking. There are still Monroe. folks Wait, who think on. that uh, women what? should make as much Alexi, money. Lexi, come on. <laughs> Interrupting us. We're going to take a quick break here, and when we come back, legendary Chicago journalist Monroe Anderson. I have a suspicion of what he may be talking about. Ben, what what is he going to be talking about? Uh, we'll be talking Trump. Trump, Trump, and Trump. <laughs> what will, in 2021, will we, will we be talking Trump, yes. Trump, Trump, and Trump? I, I'm not done talking Trump. I, I just said, I finished saying I'll be talking Tom Tunney and Cinema Roll Gay for six months. I think Trump is worth double that. So we'll be talking Trump, 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 Trump. Even though Ice Cube has Ice Cube has instructed me to stop talking about Trump. Don't talk about Trump anymore. Uh, and Jimmy Dore 
Stop talking about Trump. Sorry, Jimmy. I got him, man. Got to work it out of my system. All right, everybody. Jimmy Dorman, let me talk about Trump for another year. Please, Jimmy. It's coming up now. Michael Girardi. We'll be right back. 